Hi, this is Jeffrey Aaron again. Well, I'm behind the old blue snowball side the runway for another podcast from Flying Typer's Cargo. I wanted to share that we caught up recently with Andy Cornwell II, who serves as regional sales manager, Northern Europe for American Airlines Cargo. Andy lives in Teddington, Greater London, United Kingdom, and that place is a green, upscale part of town, Teddington is, with a history going back hundreds of years that includes a time during World War II when General Dwight D. Eisenhower planned the D-Day landings from his Supreme Headquarters, Schaefe, at Camp Griffiths in Teddington's Bushy Park. Today, a small plaque in the 1,100-acre park remembers that time. Sitting here at LaGuardia Airport, which runways and all is 680 acres, I want to give you an idea how big Bushy Park is and how lovely that part of that neighborhood is. But for his part, Andy, who commutes daily to work from Teddington, finds it no battle to wax enthusiastic about air cargo in general and working with his team at American Airlines in particular. Andy joined American in 2009 while working on his MBA at Buckinghamshire New University at High Wycombe, Buckinghamshire. Asked why he chose air cargo, Andy is completely up front. I'm not sure I did, Andy said. I think air cargo chose me. Like many people I've spoken to over the years, I entered the world of air cargo only as a stopgap, Andy said, before university. However, I really enjoyed the environment and quickly realized how much of an impact the air cargo industry has on everyday lives, whether that be moving fresh produce, flowers, life-saving pharmaceuticals, pets, or the ubiquitous and absolutely indispensable smartphones, he smiled. I did, he said, complete my university experience years later while working full-time in cargo, which actually allowed me to align my chosen modules to the world of air cargo. So, of course, I asked, After that lovely dissertation, I asked Andy about Brexit. This is what he said. Sizable portion of our volume flying from the UK originates in the mainland Europe, where we've not seen an impact to our operation. Although there are lots of uncertainty around Brexit right now, we're focused on continuing to provide the seamless movement of goods in and out of the UK. However, we can help to meet our customers' needs. We're there for them whether it's by truck, via our interline partners, or moving more on our direct flights from mainland Europe. But as I say, not so much of a change on cargo movement to and from LHR, which remains, I might say, one of our biggest cargo hubs worldwide. We're simply working to ensure that goods are able to continue moving uninterrupted between the EU and the EK. Road feeder service has been a focus for us for many, many years. For example, in 2018, we moved more than 20,000 truck movements across Europe. American Cargo has looked to grow our network through utilizing trucks to operating where we do not fly directly or where we are capacity constrained. For example, we utilize truck service to flow business around Europe from markets where we see strong demand, like Germany, to others where we might have excess capacity. We use the same approach in the U.S., making use of an extensive trucking network to offer service to and from origins and to new destinations, including offering custom solutions such as trucking directly to customer premises. We're always looking for ways to ensure we can move our customers' cargo no matter where it needs to go, Andy said. Sizable portion of our volumes flying from the UK originate in mainland Europe. 
So we've got to keep an eye on things. All of our gateways did well last year, Andy noted. In fact, it was an organization. American Airlines Cargo had a record-breaking year, posting our best-ever operational performance, volume, and revenue numbers. LHR moved more volume than in prior years, while at the same time improving performance to the highest in the system, which is testament to the great efforts and collaboration made by our commercial and operational teams. Andy doesn't take a very deep bow, but I guess that bears repeating the highest, highest performance in the system. But he mentions American Cargo also performed particularly well out of Frankfurt, Amsterdam, Dublin, Madrid, and Barcelona. I guess one of the great reasons for our success is that we're completely and extremely focused on customer engagement and interaction and want to continue working closely with our, with our partners to ensure we're offering the best service in the industry. It's probably a lot quicker to explain what hasn't changed, maybe, rather than what has, Andy said. The E. AWB initiative is a huge focus for us. We're leading the way in EAWB growth, but the main goal must be to streamline industry process and go fully electronic. Our team is also extremely focused on increasing the ease with which customers work with us. We're currently investing heavily in updating our technology with our iCargo project called Project Payload, which will see the number of systems reduced from 90 to 8. This initiative will provide improved visibility and efficiency for the airline and our customers, Andy said. So I asked Andy, you've been around for a while. You've worked on the front lines of a great international carrier, largest airline in the world. What would you like to change if you had an opportunity to do that in cargo? This is what Andy had to say. I'd like to see much more investment from airport authorities around Heathrow and other UK airports in terms of infrastructure, transport, and technology. For example, it would make sense to increase our interline business, but it usually takes far longer to transfer goods 100 meters from one carrier's shed to the other than it is to fly the goods from the other side of the world. <laughs> we need to add efficiencies and transparency to the chain which will help be helped with our technology. New techniques would also assist with and reduce unnecessary truck movements through careful planning and automated notifications directly between customs, handling agents, customer, and truck operators. I asked Andy about somebody in this business who impressed him, somebody he might even stay in touch with. But as he came in from university as a young man into the cargo business, who helped him out? One of the first people I worked for, Andy said, was John Smith, who was managing director at American Airlines Cargo after retiring from British Airways. John taught me the importance of earning respect through hard work and commitment, always being flexible when seeking customer solutions, and how to ensure one has a healthy work-life balance. John retired 15 years ago, but I still meet up with him when I can. Then I asked Andy about a service failure. What do you do when there's a, just a downright service failure. And he replied, well, there have been a few service failures I can recall, but the one thing I've learned is we are judged not on whether there is a failure, but in how one recovers the situation and communicates with others during that process. Always be honest and upfront with the customer and advise of any issues or changes as soon as possible offering a solution. Well, from someone 
in London who seems to have solution in hand. Thanks for talking to us, Andy, and keep them flying. This is Jeffrey Arend, behind the old blue snowball again. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about candy. Did you know about a candy called Sky Bar? I do. It's made by the New England Confectionery Company up in Boston, Mass. Well, at least it was from 1938 until last year. Actually, that company, Necco, is most famous in the world, New England Confectionery Company, Necco, for making those little round discs, about 100 to a package in various flavors, that have been sold since the company began, as I mentioned, in 1847. Well, I know there are a lot of important things in the world, but I just want to know where's the justice. The New England Candy Company went out of business, and we're in danger of not seeing this great candy bar, this Art Deco 1938 masterpiece Sky Bar that's been sold all over the place since that time. We're in danger of not seeing that candy anymore. Except a lady in Sudbury, which is a uh, small uh, 17,000 population part of Boston, Massachusetts, apparently has won the right to reproduce the, the Sky Bar, and she won it on a, a bid that she just went on went on a, uh, a internet auction and got the rights and bought the, uh, bought the name and bought the uh, rights to make the Sky Bar. I'm repeating myself, but well, all of a sudden I'm excited. Her company's called Duck Soup, uh, and her name is uh, Louise McElhenney, and she's just going to bring this candy bar back as somebody who loves it. And she's found a guy named uh, uh, Jeff Green, uh, who used to be the VP of uh, product development and research at NECO. And he worked for the company for 33 years. So he knows how to make the Sky Bar recipe from 10 years ago, 20 years ago. He could do anything with a Sky Bar. So these two people together, I guess I'll bring it back. And why am I talking about this Sky Bar? I know you got a busy day, but this is about an aviation-inspired candy that offers four flavors in milk chocolate. There's caramel, vanilla, peanut butter, and fudge. And the very cool thing about Sky Bar is that Sky Bar, if you eat it in a hurry, you can't tell one flavor from another. So here we have this this candy bar named after and inspired by the excitement of aviation in the Art Deco 30s. But you have to take your time, even at airspeed, while you eat it, which I think is sort of unique and wonderful. So I carry these bars wherever I can. I stocked up, by the way. We're going to have a, maybe Louise says she can bring this thing back by October, time for Halloween. That'll be great. But in the meantime, I've got in my refrigerator at home down in the basement a couple of boxes of Sky Bars. They're still in date. They're still current until, I think, uh, uh, September or so of this year. So October would be perfect for the trick-or-treaters. But also for the trade show people, we always like to take them to the trade shows. So early this year, I'll be in this place or that place. You'll see me walking along. And I promise you, somewhere within arm's length will be a Sky Bar. Just walk over and say, hey, Jeff, how about a Sky Bar? Could you share one? And you know what my answer will be? Absolutely. I take off with a Sky Bar just as often as I can, and I hope you will too. And I hope you enjoyed this story. 
Now, this is not Mars. This is not Nestle. This is not Ritter. This is not Hershey bar. This is what could be considered a little mom and pop company that does things just wonderfully. Ever have a Mary Jane? Necco made a Mary Jane. It was a molasses candy that I used to love to give to people that talk too much. Probably should have given one to myself. When you eat a Mary Jane, it cements your mouth shut. But oh, what a trip that is. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. See you down the trail and keep them flying. Mm -hmm.